Child of Our Time interview, Professor Kate Pickett talks about the Born in Bradford project, a birth cohort study following the lives of more than 13,000 children to better understand their changing health and development. Born in Bradford is a family birth cohort study. Our aim was to recruit all of the families born in Bradford over a three-year period so that we could study their health. And it was really set up because of health problems that exist in Bradford. But the idea was to establish a population-based cohort so that we were able to study all of the kinds of things that influence children's health and development from genetics, epigenetics, things going on within their families, environmental exposures, social factors, etc. So like most birth cohorts, we're interested in a huge range of determinants of health and well-being, and we're interested in a huge range of outcomes. You alluded a little bit there to to why Bradford, in terms of there are already uh, identified health problems. Tell us a bit more about that. Bradford is the sixth largest city in the UK. I think people don't realise, you know, how large it is. It's a city with an extremely interesting history. Really, it grew because of the textile industry and it attracted an influx of migrants from Pakistan primarily to work in the textile mills. Obviously, it's lost much of its manufacturing base. It's been in recent decades a very depressed city, high levels of deprivation, unemployment, And children's health outcomes in Bradford are not good compared to other cities in the UK. And how does that manifest itself? We have a very high rate of infant mortality, a high rate of disability, including congenital anomalies, a high rate of childhood asthma and obesity. And our predominantly Pakistani migrant community, many of whom actually have been here for generations, are at high risk for a range of cardiometabolic disorders. So it is a city with particular kinds of health problems, many of which are related to deprivation, but some of them are particular to the composition of the population here. Now, before we talk a a bit more about the sort of information you've managed to collect already and that you hope to go on and, and collect in the future, I wonder if you can explain a bit about why it's so important and valuable to track the health of children over time in this way. Well, we know now very well that things that affect children from the point of conception and even previous to conception, you know, the health of of their mothers and their fathers and their grandparents even, um, but things that affect pregnancy, their exposures in early life and their early childhood health, well-being and development all have lifelong implications. So we know how important early life is for lifelong health and well-being outcomes and social outcomes as well. And so when we follow children longitudinally and we study their families, we can look and see how all of the things that they are exposed to, all of the overlapping environments in which they live, have an impact on their health and well-being. And obviously, that's with a view to being able to change things to improve public health. So let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit of the sorts of information that you've uh, collected on the children so far. We recruited women at around 26 to 28 weeks of pregnancy when they came to clinic for their glucose tolerance test. And at that point, we asked them to consent to being in the study. They filled out a questionnaire, which collected a huge range of data. 
And then we have linked them to their maternity care records, to primary care, to hospital data, to lab results within the hospital. It's different to other birth cohorts in the UK in that when we started, it was really on a shoestring without sort of core funding for a cohort. And so the plan was always to capitalise on routine data linked to that in order to be able to follow children over time. But we have a vast amount of data. So as well as the questionnaire that mums filled out and lots of dads too, we have the information from primary care about their health over time. We have genetic information, biomarkers, clinical path lab testing. We have a huge range of data and we are starting to also incorporate things like data from education into that. So we're following our kids up to this point, primarily through routine data collection. You've got all that fabulous, rich, uh, incredibly detailed information on the children. What's been done with it? We've spent a lot of time and attention looking at patterns of childhood growth. So our Pakistani origin babies are born lighter than white British babies. They're smaller at birth, but their pattern of growth from birth onwards is substantially different to the white British kids. And so they eventually catch up and overtake white British kids in their body size. They become fatter children. Their adiposity profiles are different. So that's been one area. We've also looked at congenital anomalies in Bradford. Again, there's been a lot of interest in this nationally because we have twice the rate of congenital anomalies in our Pakistani origin families than we would expect. That's still very small numbers of children affected, but it is an increased rate probably substantially explained by the high rate of cousin marriage among our Pakistani families, although we have cousin marriage among some of our white British families as well. We've looked at sudden infant death syndrome, finding lower rates in our Pakistani origin families compared to white British, probably because of health-related behaviours, less alcohol consumption, less smoking among our mums of Pakistani origin. And when they share sleep space with their babies, it tends to be in a bed rather than falling asleep on the sofa. So there are things about our community that protect health and things about our community that lead to worse health outcomes. We've had an interest in pollution and shown that it has an effect on birth weight. Bradford is a city where a lot of the population is exposed to high levels of air pollution. We've looked at constituents of the diet, including acrylamides, which are present in deep fry foods and linked those to birth weight as well. Would you say there are certain things that, that, that we've, we've learned for sure? You know, what, what, what has it told us so far? I think it's, it's told us a lot about the metabolic challenges that are present in our Pakistani origin population. I think it's told us a lot about the exposures that come from living in a deprived community and how those impact on children's health. But it's told us a lot about the resilience and protective health factors that are present in our community. So I, I think we've learned some very positive things, as well as learning about the things that perhaps have um, a negative impact on health. Now, the 
project, um, I'm sure you're delighted to say, has just received further support and, and funding. What's what's that going to mean for the study? What's it going to mean for research? And what, what's it going to mean for us in terms of understanding of, of these important health issues as, as far as our children are concerned? And this is the first time since the baseline cohort survey that we did with the mums when they were pregnant. This is the first time we've had the funding to do a full new wave of data collection. Our children are now all in primary school, so we are going to collect information in schools as well as in the community. And we're really going to be focusing on three main areas in this new wave of data collection. We are very interested in the social and emotional development of children, how they're doing at school, how they're doing at home, what their well-being is like, what their educational development is like. We're also very interested in their cardiovascular health and that of their parents as well, and trying to further understand what the risk factors are for the development of indicators of future poor cardiovascular health. And we're very interested in cognitive development and motor skills development and all of the kind of things that affect how kids do in school. So there's going to be an opportunity for other researchers to join us and think about how to exploit this very rich data. And of course, now we're going to be able to look at change. There's also some news about a new cohort. You've got some funding through the Better Start programme. Uh, tell us about that. This cohort is a platform for us to study the effect of interventions that are put in place to try and change things. Better Start is a programme funded by Big Lottery. They are funding five places in England to implement interventions with pregnant women and children up to the age of three that will have an impact on those children's well-being at age five. In Bradford, we want to evaluate what works and for whom in our Better Start community. It's three of the poorest electoral wards in Bradford, so it's not citywide, it's, it's just a section of the community. And we realised that to do that, it would be very helpful to start a new birth cohort. So we've just started the Born in Bradford Better Start cohort, so BIBS it's called. Our aim is to recruit about 5,000 families over the next couple of years and then track them over time. And it's just a very exciting platform for looking at how things work. Kate Pickett was talking to Chris Garrington about the Born in Bradford project. You can find out more at www.borninbradford.nhs.uk.